Welcome to the First Baptist Barberville Weekly Sermon Podcast. At FBC Barberville, our mission is to gather, grow, give, and go. Join us for live worship on the Court Square in Barberville, Kentucky, or to learn more about our church, visit fbcbarberville.com. Here is Pastor Tyler Shields. This morning we're going to be again in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 11, and we're going to continue through uh, the same course we've been on, and we come to a passage this morning that highlights a man that we've already been talking about, and uh, we've seen his character shine through just a few times, but we'll learn a little bit more about this man named Barnabas this morning. And the title of our sermon is An Unnamed Mother. And have you ever met someone that's just so outstanding, just so incredible, you're like, who raised this person? I kind of feel like I was talking about myself for a minute. <laughs> she raised me, by the way. But really, you think, who, who, who's the one that influenced this man or this woman to be who they are today? And Luke continues to paint the picture of who Barnabas really is. And he's not someone that we hear a whole lot about, but it's clear when we do see Barnabas in Scripture, he's highly, highly influential. And two weeks ago, we saw Barnabas stand up for this man named Saul when no one else would. And you could argue that Barnabas is the one that's responsible for bringing the Apostle Paul into the church and then sending him out on mission. Last week, we saw the stage being set through Simon Peter for the gospel to go out to the Gentile world. And God was preparing the hearts and the minds of the church to reach the nation, to reach the ends of the earth, just as Jesus had said that the the church would. In the meantime, Gentiles began to be saved. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were baptized. People were excited that folks were being saved, that new people were being reached with the gospel. It makes me think about even right here today that the number of people being saved and baptized through the ministries of this church is exciting, isn't it? It's exciting when God changes lives and changes eternities. So we, we see in Acts chapter 11 more about this incredibly important place called Antioch and more about this incredibly important man named Barnabas. We're going to begin with uh, verse 19 this morning. You can always rest assured, behind every great man is what? I've heard several different answers on that one. (laughs) Usually an even greater woman. And let's be honest, the first influential woman in any man's life is mama. Right? Acts chapter 11 verse 19 says this. It says, Now those who had been scattered as a result of the persecution that started because of Stephen made their way as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks also, proclaiming the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a large number of who believed turned to the Lord. News about them reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to travel as far as Antioch. When he arrived and saw the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged all of them to remain true to the Lord with devoted hearts. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And large numbers of people were added to the Lord. 
Then he went to Tarsus to search for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for a whole year, they met with the church and taught large numbers. The disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. So again, based on what we do know about this man named Barnabas, there's a lot that we can infer. I won't use the word assume, but we can infer about the way that he was raised, his, his life growing up. We do know for a fact, according to Scripture, Barnabas was a Jewish man, part of the tribe of Levi. He and his family were Jews of the dispersion, which meant that at some point in their family history, they were driven out of Israel due to persecution and conquest. And so they had settled on this Mediterranean island called Cyprus. Growing up, it's very likely that Barnabas, as we've talked about before, would have been educated according to the very strict Jewish tradition. He was formally educated. But what we find out about Barnabas, which is something that only comes through a godly raising, is that Barnabas was a light in the darkness. Barnabas was not only a Jew, but he lived in a Greek culture, probably spoke Greek, probably participated in Greek holidays, and was somewhat of a Jew and a Gentile at the same time. But he was a light in that dark world. He was in the world and had been raised to be in the world, but not of the world. What a valuable lesson. Many mothers will make great accomplishments in their lives, and we're so proud of you ladies for what you do, but sometimes the greatest impact that you can make is in the lives of your children. D.L. Moody said, John Wesley's mother did a great work when she led her boy to Christ. Think about these ladies that led people like John Wesley to the Lord. He said, George Whitfield's mother did a great work when she led her son to Christ. He says, train that boy of yours for eternity. And God may use him to turn thousands and tens of thousands to Christ. Sometimes in my own life, I feel like it's more in tune with the theology of the late, great Merle Haggard that said, Mama tried. And she's still trying, man. But there's four takeaways this morning looking at the life of Barnabas and the way that godly mothers raise their children. The first thing we see verse 24 is that godly mothers raise children with character. Luke simply tells us Barnabas was a good man. What does it mean to be a good man or a good woman? Well, it's more than doing a few good deeds or even a lifetime of good deeds. It's living a life of Christian character. The word used for good here by Luke in the Greek is the same word used by Jesus in the in the parable of the talents, when he looks at this, this wonderful, faithful servant, and what does he say? He says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Luke is, is telling us that Barnabas is the kind of good man, the kind of good person that we should all strive to be, to live in such a way, to have such quality of Christian character that one day we too can stand before the Lord and hear those words, well done, my good and faithful servant. From Scripture, we know several things about Barnabas's character. We know, for example, that he was a very generous man. When we're introduced to Barnabas in Acts chapter 4, the Bible tells us that he was the one who had a field, and he sold it, and he brought all the proceeds and laid that money down at the apostles' feet. But not only was he generous, we read just a couple weeks ago about how he was very gracious how he looked beyond Saul's past and he looked beyond Saul's potential. And he was the one that helped welcome this former terrible sinner into Christ's church. But not only was he generous and gracious, Luke tells us here in verse 23, I like this word. He says he was glad. He saw what God was doing and he didn't, 
become jealous. He didn't become upset that things were changing. He was glad. And the word translated for glad means that he was full of joy, that he was overflowing with joy for what God was doing. I think that term, that kind of joy, that kind of gladness, it's, a, it's not just an emotion. It's not just a feeling in your heart or in your mind, but it's something that stems from your very soul. A few years ago, Easton asked me, said, I don't know how it came up. We're talking about a soul for some reason. Easton said, Dad, what in the world is a soul? And I tried my very best to explain to a three or four year old what a soul was. That it was, it's the real you. Even when you die, it's the part of you that stays alive. It's the true you. And he sat there and he pondered that for a minute. And he said, Dad, I'm a happy soul. And that just stuck with me. I think Barnabas was a happy soul. He was glad. He was full of joy. Character is vitally important. But Barnabas not only had character. The second thing we see from his life is that he had conviction. And godly mothers raised children with conviction. Not only was he a good man, Luke tells us he was a man that was full of the Holy Spirit. Now, this phrase, to be full of the Holy Spirit, it's a phrase that's reserved for very special people throughout Scripture. For example, it was a requirement of the first seven deacons chosen in the church to be full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom. The Bible tells us that Stephen, who was said to have been full of faith, and full of the Holy Spirit. Luke also tells us that when Jesus returned from the Jordan after his baptism, he too was full of the Holy Spirit. And so Barnabas is in good company when Luke stops here and says he is a man, a good man, who's full of the Holy Spirit. I think it's one thing to raise children who are good and raise children of good Christian moral character, but I think it's probably even more important to raise children who are full of the Spirit of God. So what exactly does that mean? What does that look like in our lives? Well, I think it's several things. One is teaching them to desperately depend and rely on God's Spirit. To be obedient to the Holy Spirit. To be guided by the Holy Spirit. To be so full of the Spirit that His fruits are seen in our lives. The Apostle Paul tells us what those are in Galatians 5. He says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And self-control. These are the kinds of traits that we need to instill in our children. I'll be honest, we see a lot of these in our mothers, don't we? I'm thankful that I have a mother who filled our home with the fruits of God's Spirit. She taught us and demonstrated us what these fruits look like. What it meant to have love and joy and peace. We'll stop there with patience. But uh, the other ones are pretty good. Goodness and <laughs> gentleness most of the time. But... <laughs> you know, as wonderful as these things are, being a person of conviction and being a person that's full of the Spirit means something else. It means that you know and you understand the difference between what is right and what is wrong. That you can discern between what is good and what is evil. We have to teach our kids what is right according to God's standard. According to what is right and wrong, according to God's holy word, not our standard, certainly not the world's standard, the culture's standard, but what does God say? What does His Spirit say is right and wrong? We also learn to listen to that still, small voice of conviction, right? The Holy Spirit. You can, you can hear Him. He says, don't do that, Tyler. Don't go there. Don't say that. Say this. Do this. And we understand the difference between what's good and what's, what's not good. We began to understand that there's consequences for our actions, for our words. And we live a life that's guided by His Spirit. I'm thankful for mothers 
who raise children of character and conviction. But notice this next thing. We tend to forget about this one these days, and that's that godly mothers raise children who are committed, not to an institution, but they're committed to good things and good qualities. Luke tells us lastly, Barnabas was full of faith. And when we look at this word faith, biblical faith goes much deeper than just believing something. Believing that something's true. I think perhaps in many cases it's better understood to be faithfulness. It's it's a lifestyle of acting out on that faith and that belief. And we see this in the life of Barnabas. His faith, his belief, his convictions drove his faithfulness, his commitment to the church, to the Lord, to even Saul, this converted sinner that would become a great missionary and apostle. His faith drove him to be generous. It drove him to uh, believe that God had truly saved this man Saul. If God saved him and had a purpose for him, he was going to walk with him. I think Barnabas probably helped encourage and disciple Saul to a certain extent. So Barnabas goes to Tarsus. He searches for Saul. He accompanies him back. And what do they do? Barnabas is sent to get the story, and he doesn't return to Jerusalem. The Bible says that he stayed there with them for an entire year. It took a year out of his life to teach and to disciple these people in Antioch for a whole year. I think he had an unshakable kind of faith. As we read through the rest of Scripture, we'll understand that hardship couldn't shake Barnabas' faith. That even disagreement couldn't shake his faith. There's going to come a point where he would be mistaken for the Greek god Zeus, and instead of lavishing that praise... He tells them, no, 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 not me. Let me point you to the real Lord, the one true living God, Jesus Christ. I think we need more faithfulness today. I'm going to be really honest with you. We teach our kids commitment. And I'm thankful for a mother that taught me. I told her I'm going to bring her up several times today. She's prepared for this. I'm thankful for a mother that taught me the importance of being committed. To being committed to the church. Being committed to our Christian faith. Being committed to our family. And I I do believe one of the problems today is that yes, we teach commitment. But we teach our kids to be committed to the wrong things. We're more committed to ourselves today than we ever have been. We're more committed to the American dream than we are to the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. But mothers have a faith that has the potential, I believe, to impact not only her children, but her children's children. I'm thankful for mothers, as we've seen in some of these videos, that are so committed to their families. You think about the single mother that's had to sacrifice to put food on the table, to care for her children. All these mother figures that have taken children that aren't even their own, and they've they've treated them just like they are, with a love that I think is only second to the love of God. Thankful for those kind of mothers. Someone said a mother is a person who's seeing there are only four pieces of pie for five people. Promptly announces she never did care for pie. I think most of us have seen that at some point or another in our lives, haven't we? It's a self-sacrificing kind of love. And that takes us to the last point. Godly mothers raise children who are Christians. It's amazing that through the work of Barnabas here in Antioch that we gain our labels as Christians. It's the first place that, that followers of Christ are called Christians. You see, mothers have the potential to instill in their children some of the best and, uh, frankly, some of the worst qualities in their children. A mother and a father are the most influential people in any person's life. The greatest thing a mother can do for her children is not to just care for them. It's not to just provide for them. It's not just to love them. But to raise them 
to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and point them to Him. I believe a mother's love is so special. As I said, I believe a mother's love is second only to the love of the Lord. And that's because it is self-sacrificing. How many are thankful for a mother's love? How many are thankful that their mama prayed for them? And still does. There were many times when I was a kid, I'd take off on a motorcycle or a four-wheeler or just head up in the mountain somewhere. And people would ask, how do you, what do you do with that wild kid? How do you just not worry yourself to death? She said, I just pray about it. And I'm thankful that I'm here today in large part because my mama spent time praying for me. Many can say the same thing. A mother's love, I think, is an extension of God's love that can steer her own children toward the Lord. Somebody wrote this, said, I believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, who was born of the promise to a virgin named Mary. Now get this. It said, I believe in the love Mary gave her son that caused her to follow him in his ministry and stand by his cross as he died. I believe in the love of all mothers and its importance in the lives of the children they bear. It is stronger than steel, softer than down, and more resilient than a green sapling on the hillside. It closes wounds, melts disappointments, and enables the weakest child to stand tall and straight in the fields of adversity. I believe that this love, even at its best, is only a shadow of the love of God, a dark reflection of all we can expect of Him both in this life and the next. And I believe that one of the most beautiful sights in the world is a mother who lets this great love flow through her to her child, blessing the world with the tenderness of her touch and the tears of her joy. Ladies, we are so thankful for you this morning. And we're thankful that the love that you have shown your children demonstrates to us the love that Christ has for us. Happy Mother's Day. We love you. And we will do our best to... Men, listen very carefully right here. We'll do our best to honor you today with meals and gifts and everything that you deserve. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful this morning for our mothers. God, we thank you for their care. Thank you for their sacrifice. Thank you for their love. God, I thank you for the example that gives us as a child of God that we can be loved even more than our mothers loved us. That you love us sacrificially. That you love us unconditionally. And God, I pray that maybe the, just the love from our mothers would perhaps steer us into your love, Lord, if we've never experienced it. Father, I thank you for sending Jesus, your one and only Son, to take our place, to die on our cross, and take our sins away. Lord, if there's someone here that's never experienced that in their life, and they need to be saved this morning, Father, I pray. Lord, what a great, no greater day than today to be saved. Lord, we love you and we pray that you guide us right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon podcast. Please subscribe, but also join us live in person on the Court Square in Barberville or find us on YouTube by searching FBC Barberville on Instagram at first underscore Baptist underscore Barberville, on Twitter at Barberville FBC, or on our Facebook page, First Baptist Barberville.